This sermon is brought to you by Shofar East London. Together, living out the fullness of Christ. We hope you enjoy this message. We are busy with a, a series called The Battlefield of the Mind. And as I've been sharing over the last while, that if you want to win in life, you need to win here in your thought life. If you win here, you're going to win in life. And so about two weeks ago, I shared with you um, one of the keys to significant mind renewal is to be a doer of the word. You need to do it. James 1 says, those who only hear the word but don't do it, they will be deceived. So hearers of the word only leads to deception. Doers of the word leads to blessing and significant mind renewal. And also this morning, I'm wanting to reveal to you an area that leads to massive mind corruption. Massive mind corruption. I want to I highlight to you that there's an enemy, there's, a, there's a, a, an area of our lives that if we allow that area, that thing to take over, it will lead to massive mind corruption. So it doesn't matter how well you've renewed your mind. It doesn't matter how, you know, if you're at peace and joy and you've been focused and you're in good space. If you step into this area, into this thing, it's like instantaneous mind corruption, tapping into the wrong source and you find yourself in trouble. Okay, so I'm going to reveal to you in a moment what that is, but our our verse for the day, our, our theme verse connecting to the title that speaks about God's masterpiece. Ephesians 2, verse 10. It says, for we are God's masterpiece. Come on, say it. I'm God's masterpiece. It's like a perfect painting that God has made, his design. He's, you are his masterpiece. And he has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. So you need to understand you are God's masterpiece, and then he restores you, he makes you new for a very specific reason, intimacy with him, but also so that you can fulfill all the good works that he set before you. Even before you were born, God has set out a mission, beautiful, wonderful plans that he has set before you that he calls you to fulfill. But there's a few things that needs to be put in place. Okay, so God created everything. Now you remember Genesis chapter 1, 2, God made the whole universe. And as he made every day, he would look at what he made and he would say, and it was good. 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 And then he came to making mankind. He made you. He made us. And what did he say? And he said, it was very good. You are the pinnacle of his creation. You are the apple of his eye. His thoughts are innumerable about you. He's continuously thinking about you. He's continuously looking at who you are and all the good plans he has for your life. You are God's masterpiece. And so, as you see in this picture of this golden picture, It reveals that originally everything was beautiful. 
It was this beautiful painting. It looked great. But then original sin came in. Mankind rebelled against God, and sin came in, and it marred everything as the black across. It, it, it just messed things up. Messed things up as sin entered in. And yet originally we were designed very good, very good. And then God wants to bring us back to that perfection or that beauty, to that innocence and beyond it. Okay, the perfect, beautiful painting got smeared with ugliness. And look at mankind, look at us now. All the things happening in our world, it reveals the ugliness of sin that came in. But so, I'm sure all of us have been through stuff in our lives. You've had people do things to you that were just horrible. I'm sure you've experienced moments in your life that just felt that was just terrible. And maybe you've also been, I'm sure most of us have been involved in things that we feel ashamed of. Things that we did, that we said, that I wish I could take it back. I wish I didn't do it. I wish that didn't happen. I wish I wasn't tainted, smeared, messed up with sin. That moment in my life or that moment in my life. I'm sure we all feel like that. Now, now the good news is that verse in Ephesians 2 says that we are made anew in Christ. So the Lord wants to restore your innocence. When sin comes in, it defiles, it brings that shame or that guilt and the stuff that we've all been through, that wounds and things that we've all been through. But then it says, he has created us anew. In other words, he wants to restore us back to perfection, to innocence. He wants to wash you clean. He wants to make you new. He wants to to restore you. That is what happens when we step into Jesus. And that is beautiful, especially if you've been... Through a hectic past, you know, if you've had a challenging background and, and you're thinking of those moments where you either stuff was done to you or you did things and you're like, oh, I wish it didn't happen. Now, the good news is in Jesus, you can be restored completely. You can rediscover your innocence. Okay, so I want to encourage you. You can discover that it's, when you step into Jesus, there's a safe place. In God, you become untainted, washed clean, and made new. Come on, say made new. Okay, that's God's heart for you. He wants to continuously renew you, renew you, renew you, and renew you. He wants to restore you and make you whole. Okay, so before you were born, God had this incredible plan for you. He set out like every day of your life. It's been set out. He has a mission for you. Daily something. Weekly something, monthly something, but moments that he wants you to step into those good works, step into those good plans that he has for you. But there is this thing, this something that leads to massive mind corruption and keeps us from stepping into all that God has planned for us. So I want to sketch it to you in a moment. But before I, yeah, let me, let me, let me, let me get into it. Let me, let me, so a metaphor for you. You can put on the picture of the castle. So imagine for a moment you are represented by the castle. And before you come to Christ, evil, that dragon you see up there, that dragon lived on the inside. 
darkness was reigning and ruling in your life. And you were overwhelmed maybe with fear or whatever other negative in your life. And so then at that moment when you commit your life to Jesus, we say, Lord, I need help. Jesus, save me from my stuff, my sin, whatever else. Then Jesus comes with the angel armies. He comes and he chases out the dragon and all that darkness. And now that dragon is on the outside. And you are on the inside. Jesus with you on the inside. There's peace. There's joy. There's rest for your soul. It's beautiful. You are blessed. Now, if you look at that dragon there, that's actually, that's pre-cross. After the cross, the dragon has been reduced. It's a little dragon. Okay, come on, say little dragon. Okay, so the enemy has now been reduced. The cross reduced evil. For a believer, we have authority over evil. We are no longer messed around. And the enemy is on the outside, but he's wanting back in. He's wanting back in. And now, there is an enemy Within, there is an enemy on the inside that partners with the evil one, and that is called the flesh. Let me show, show, show me the, the giant. That is the flesh, the sinful nature, and it's ugly, but that's who we become if we allow the sinful nature, the flesh. To rule our lives. That is, and I want, to sh- I want, you, I want to, you to see that picture because you need to look at it and say, oh man, that's ugly. I don't want that in my life. Now this is the truth. Because we're all born in sin, it's like in our DNA, it's in our being, is a vulnerability to sin. A vulnerability to the flesh. And so even when you come to Jesus... And Jesus comes and lives on the inside, and the dragon is on the outside, and the armies are outside. There is this vulnerability to the sinful nature. And so show me the back door there. Next picture there. There's a back door to your castle. And as long as you live in this physical body, until the day you die, go to heaven, get a new body, you will have a vulnerability to sinful flesh, to the sinful nature. And so that gate, it's a small little gate, and the ogre or the sinful nature is big. It's a bully. And he wants to get in there. And so I want to highlight this to you today. All of us have this vulnerability. But the question is, are we going to feed the flesh that will cause that gate to grow bigger and bigger and bigger and then the ogre will walk in there and it's chaos. Show me the ogre again. The ogre. Then he will come. And he will storm in there. And then the fight is no longer on the outside. The fight's on the inside. Now you are wrestling on the inside. You're wrestling with fear. You're wrestling with depression. You're wrestling with lust. You're wrestling with, you're, you're torn in two, you know, with what, whatever it might be. But the fight is now on the inside. And you can no longer fulfill the works of God that he has called to you, because you know, you're not, no longer fighting to the outside. You're not fighting on the inside. And this is the source of massive mind corruption. The moment the flesh takes, where well, that ogre starts running around on the inside, 
and he partners with evil. Evil, that little dragon becomes a big dragon, feels like a big dragon again, and it's, it's chaos. You're wrestling, you're wrestling, you're wrestling, you're fighting, you're fighting, you're fighting. You, you're starting to think things you don't want to think. You're starting to do things you don't want to do because the flesh has been fed. The gate has been opened wide, and so the enemy storms in. Okay, so I want to help you today because it's not fun to wrestle with the flesh. It's not fun when that battle, it should be an external battle, but now it becomes an internal one. It's not fun to fight that internal, internal battle. And ultimately, it leads to a lot of trouble. So, I'm sure you've seen this. Like a four-year-old boy compared to a four-year-old girl. The little girl plays with dolls. The little boy shoots. Guns. You know, the boy wants to play, wants to fight. You know, and, and what I'm saying now is, is relevant to everybody, but I feel especially for the men. I mean, and as why, why does it seem like so many men are allowing their flesh to rule their lives? I think it comes down to one primary thing. We are bored to death. Because <laughs> we, are, we are made for a battle. We are made to fight the enemy armies on the horizon. But now it's like we, we're not seeing the armies. We're not seeing what we, the, the enemy that we should be fighting. And now what do we do? We go plan B. We try to live ourselves out, say, in sport. Now, sport's not bad. It's fine. But it shouldn't become our God. It shouldn't become our everything. Or maybe entertainment. Or maybe games. Or whatever else. Those things per se is not an issue. But it's like we start to live ourselves out in that other world instead of living in the real world. Where there are real enemies. Real enemies coming for our kids. Coming for our families. Coming for our marriages. There's a real fight that we should be fighting. But because we, we are not missional, we're not aware of the, of the battle we are supposed to be fighting. We're like, we're bored. So now, let me switch the channel. Let me watch a little bit more of that. Let me just do that. And then we're feeding, 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 feeding. And then the ogre, he comes in. And then he messes us around. The truth is, there's their armies on the horizon. You know, it's like... If you were in your castle, and you, you see the armies on the horizon, and you know that tomorrow, this time, these armies are going to march on you, and you're going to have to fight, are you going to be focused? Are you going to be focused? Adrenaline is going to be running through your... I need to focus. I need to be in tune. I need to train. I need to get ready to fight, because the enemies are coming. Are we fighting? Are we focused? You know, it's like, guys, for all of us, but just for a moment with the guys, you know, you're at work, and, and there's one lady there that is not your wife, and your heart is turning more and more to her. It's warfare time. Run the other way. Change your job, whatever it is. You know, there's continuously battles raging everywhere as the heart goes astray, as the flesh is wanting to be fed to get that ogre in. And then you do stuff that you never wanted to do 
Or ladies, you allow your heart to go somewhere else. Maybe you're unhappy in your marriage. You allow uh, an emotional affair to develop. You think, but maybe it's going to be better with that man. No, you must fight. It's wartime. There are armies, enemy armies on the horizon. You need to wake up. And you need to fight. You need to focus. Oh, there's so many. Every month there's a famous pastor, you know, exposed for committing adultery. And that's just the famous ones. We don't know about all the others. You know, we sit with people. We sit with people where adultery was committed and the pain and the devastation. Some pastors at times, some just people in church. It's a tragedy. And often this happens because we're not missional. We're not focused. We don't realize, man, I've, I've got a, I've, I'm, I'm God's masterpiece. And I'm made for a mission. Come on, say it. I am God's masterpiece. And I'm made for a mission. You need to believe it. You need to wake up to it. Especially this season, going into the December, January holidays. It is selfish season, people. It is feeding the flesh season. It's Black Friday. Yeah, I'm going to be so fulfilled after shopping, buying that thing. And then you get it. And you're like, ah, it promised so much. But I'm not feeling it. So I've shopped the next thing. And I shopped the next thing. And, you know, so, and so the world is coming to knock on our doors continuously saying, Hey, feed on me. I'm going to make you happy. Feed on me. I'm going to make you happy. The truth is there is no good thing outside of the will of God. When it comes to relationships, when it comes to our hearts and our lives. So the armies are there on the horizon. And I'm seeing it like I'm playing in a squash tournament currently. And I'm starting now on Tuesday. I had a bit of an injury, but I'm like focused. I'm going to play this guy who's much, much better than I am. And so I've been training every day a little bit, little bit, little bit, little bit, because I'm, it's warfare. Warfare B is not the main warfare, but uh, it feels like this is war. You know, I'm training for battle, but it shouldn't be my main battle. There's something so much more important. There's a spiritual battle that God is wanting us to fight. So can you see the armies on the horizon? Or are you passive? Are you distracted? You're feeding the flesh. You're allowing things to just go. Go, 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 and you're not, you're, not, you're not pursuing the fullness of God. Now you need to contend. You need to contend for all that God has for you. Even with our children, for those who are parents, you know, with them. Um, when my, our son was baptized in water five, six years ago, five years ago, when I was, when I was six, and as he came out of the water, a bunch of people prayed over him. And there was, there was prophesied that Vian is a leader. And so we, for four or five years, we've been declaring, Vian, is, Vian, you're a leader. You're a leader. You're a leader. Believe it. And he started to believe it. And then about a year ago or so, I got this word that God's going to bring a gang of godliness around him. Other boys who are also pursuing Jesus, and they're going to do it together. Because, you know, it's not fun to walk alone in any case. And it's just beautiful to see how things have, are coming together now. So Vian... And Michael, Dion and Kuba's son, and another boy that's in our youth group. They were all elected prefects at their school. Now recently. How cool is that? Amen. So I'm like so excited because I'm like, you see, Vian, the Lord spoke. We've been telling you, you are a leader. 
And now we're going to work with you, Vian. We're going to work through books with you. We're going to invest in you. We're gonna, I'm going to coach you so you can develop as a leader. Because God has said, you are a leader. So it's time to focus. You know, so whenever I speak to people, even my parents or, you know, people, you know, they're like, because we live a very, very focused life. And when it comes to Vian, you know, he's only allowed, say, an hour of games a day in the holiday times. And, he, and, and his limits on this and his limits on that. And we will replace all that. We will, we will focus on the good. You are going to play. You're going to practice piano. You're going to practice your drums. You're going to read work a little bit through these books. You, you know, and we're going we're to work. We're going we're to grow you. We're going to develop you. Because we're raising up a leader. But you also, you are God's masterpiece. How are you investing your life? Are you living a missional focused life? Or are you allowing another week to pass, another week to pass, another month to pass, and you were so distracted that God couldn't lead you to do that good work? Come on, you can do it. I want to encourage you, you can do it. So what is the flesh? Give me that ogre back there, the flesh. The flesh is the sinful tendency to think and to do wrong. That's a tendency. We, it's part of our human nature that, that when we move out of the spirit, that's the tendency that we go to. The flesh is a whiner. It's a complainer. It represents all the negative qualities of mankind. The flesh, the sinful nature, it doubts. It fears. It is negative. It complains. It is jealous. It whines. It breaks self down. It feels sorry for self. And that's why you need to speak to yourself. You need to speak to your flesh and say, stop it. Stop it, man. Stop all of that negative things. And the truth is, you and I have no way of overcoming the flesh in our own abilities. I'm reminded of Paul, the apostle in Romans 7, where he said, Who will deliver me from this body of death? And then he says, I thank God through Jesus Christ. There is a solution. There is a victory in Jesus. And I'm going to give you a game plan so that you can overcome the flesh in this season ahead. Okay, so Romans 8 verse 5 speaks about this battle. It says, those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. Dominated, you see it dominated? The flesh is a bully. The flesh is that an ogre. It comes and bullies you to have you wrestle on the inside and cause you to do stuff you don't want to do. But it says that those who are dominated by their sinful nature think about sinful things. In other words, the mind is continuously on things other than God. And I'd even say it isn't necessarily full on sin. It's just worldly things. Worldly things, worldly things, worldly things that feed, that feeds, that feeds. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. So you want to, what am I thinking? What am I feeding? What am I putting my focus on, my thoughts Upon, is your sinful nature ruling in your life in a certain area, in your thoughts, in your emotions? It's a sure sign that you're feeding your flesh too much. You're allowing that ogre to get big. You're allowing that back door to open up. Romans 8 verse 6. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. Come on, say death. Leads to death. But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. So choose option B. Life and peace. Option A, 
It's not fun. Not a nice road to go down. That's where the fears and the lies and things just overrun your heart and mind. So we are continuously tempted to feed the flesh, continuously feeding on worldly things to fill the heart, fill the mind. And as I said, these things aren't necessarily sinful per se, but as you keep on feeding, that door gets bigger and that ogre gets bigger until you find yourself in trouble. So let's say you're playing Xbox and it's fine, 30 minutes, hour, you're playing, next day, same, next day, same, next day, same, and then it gets more, and it gets more, and it gets more, because you don't have a real mission. You just, you want to you live yourself out in that other world, and so it's more, and more, and more, until you find yourself playing, 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 and it just consumes your mind, your heart, your life. And all the PlayStation guys are like, thank God, he's only speaking about the Xbox. <laughs> PlayStation's fine. <laughs> and again, to play a games is not, is not a sin. It's just as you continue to feed and feed and feed, and you start getting really feeling a lot of temptation in your life or struggles in your life, or, and you're, just, you're having things in life you need to deal with, but you're escaping into those things, it's not going to add value to your life. So Romans 8, 7, it says, For the sinful nature is always hostile to God. The sinful nature, when that ogre gets in, when that flesh gets too big. It's like, if God says, do this, you're going to go the opposite. Now, I'm going to do that. If the Lord says left, the sinful nature wants to go right. You do the stuff you don't want to do. Because the sinful nature is always hostile. It, it never did obey God's laws, and it never will. And I said this two weeks ago. If you want to have massive mind renewal, if you want to be truly blessed, you need to be a doer of the word. You can't be a doer when your flesh is ruling your life. Verse 8. That's why those who are still under the control of their sinful nature can never please God. You cannot please God. The enemy is running around. The fight is inside while the fight should be outside. The mission should be fulfilled on the outside. But you're just wrestling on the inside. So the result of the flesh dominating is it's hostile to God. You become hostile to God in your thought and behavior. And the enemy is smiling. That bully, he's like smiling from ear to ear. You can see you're feeding your flesh. You're feeding the flesh. That gate is getting bigger and bigger. And he's going to storm in there. And he's going to clap you around. Don't allow him to do it. So unfortunately, this is how it works. There's a switch. There's an image there of a switch. The on is you're in the spirit. Unfortunately, to switch from the spirit to the flesh is very easy. Flip. <laughs> You're in the flesh. <laughs> You're thinking about the wrong stuff. You're wrestling with temptation. You're going the wrong way. Now, to flip it back up is not as easy as just flip. <laughs> the ogre is on the inside. There's a fight. There's a game plan that you need to apply. You need to starve the flesh to death. So that you can get back into the spirit. Okay, so I want to reveal to you the game plan to overcoming the flesh. Five things. Galatians 5 verse 16. Five keys to overcoming the flesh. Galatians 5 16. I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So saying, walk in the spirit. So what does it mean? Get a mission. Get something to live for, for the kingdom of God. Something to pray for, someone to reach out to. You need to be missional. If you are bored to death, you're going to 
Just go back to default. Feeding, feeding, feeding the flesh. And you will be neutralized. Verse 17. For the flesh lusts against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. There's this fight. And these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. You find yourself doing stuff you don't want to, you don't want to do. Well, if you're doing stuff you don't want to do, or thinking things you don't want to think, just, what am I feeding on? What am I feeding on? So that's where you need to tackle it. So pursue a missional lifestyle. You are God's masterpiece designed for a mission. Come on, let that something rise up on the inside of you. I have a mission. Come on, say it. I have a mission for God. And this mission, it can be a daily something God's calling to or weekly, monthly, whatever it might be. Big things, there's small things. But God, before you were born, God planned these things for you to walk in it. And until you start walking in it, you're always going to go back default. Until you come alive with pursuing the mission of God. I want to impact somebody's life. That mission is always about impacting people with God's love. It's always about reaching somebody with the love of God. God's resources are made available to the missional. The word of God says, seek first the kingdom of God and all these things. And his righteousness and all these things will be added. So when you become missional, then God says, okay, here's grace. Here's empowerment. So I've been, I want to encourage, you know, Whatever you, you like to do, like a hobby, sport, exercise, whatever it might be, I want to encourage you to position that for the mission of Christ. For instance, I enjoy squash. And so over the last few years, I, I've only played guys that are in church, other Christians. And so now I've gotten involved at a club, a squash club in town, and now I am playing against a lot of guys who don't have a living relationship with Jesus. And it's awesome! Awesome. So I play even chess the one night sitting there in the bar with my Coke. <laughs> playing chess. Playing chess. Engaging with them. Just, just being there. Engaging. I'm praying for these guys. I'm praying for them. The only challenging thing is being on a WhatsApp group with some of these guys. Like, each Delete, delete, delete. <laughs> it can get interesting. But so now the four of us guys in church that are playing at this club, we are now together reaching out. We're together there at the tournament. We are engaging and building relationships. And I'm trusting for God for his kingdom to come. So what, what areas do you enjoy? What do you like doing? How about doing that with somebody that doesn't have a living relationship with Jesus? Become missional. Not just I'm exercising. Let me exercise with purpose. Let me reach out to somebody that doesn't know the Lord. I, guys, it's amazing. Man, I'm loving these guys. A little bit of a rough, rough diamonds and so forth, but uh, beautiful. I'm seeing it. So where can you reach out? Where can you become missional? Because it causes you to become alive. It causes you to say, man, I need to focus. I can't just be pathetic and passive. I need to impact I mean, even we've sat with some couples here in church that were really involved in the past in church, and, and now they're really struggling, and a lot of issues, and a lot of challenges in their lives, and it came down to two things. They're no longer giving of themselves to others. They have sort of drawn back. And the other thing, they're not spending time with God as they should. Okay, but you need to become missional. Second point for a game plan. To overcome the flesh. You need to check it. I've been speaking about this for quite a bit over the last two months. 
evaluate your life. Envy, jealousy in your heart, criticisms, negativity, whatever, a fleshly something in your life, you need to check it. And then you need to evaluate why is that there? And then you need to come back and say, well, is it because I'm feeding on the wrong things? If you want to overcome the flesh, you need to feed correctly. Okay, so check it. Clear sign of fleshly feeding is uh, the, the, the negative results. So let's say you've been eating um, interestingly for a while, not as you should. And so you get onto the scale and you're like, oh my soul. Liffy, come check ye. <laughs> I am so overweight, whatever it might be. Now, now, now the scale reveals to you how you have been feeding, how you have been eating in the natural in the same way, you know, check yourself, your life, the, the, fleshly, or the fleshly areas in your life, negative things manifesting, jealousy, envy, lust, whatever it might be, and you, can, you need to check it and say, whoa, 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 I need to change something the way I am feeding. I need to change the way I am uh, feeding on the spirit. Okay, so check it. Next one. Number three, stop it. Don't feed the flesh. Okay, so... If Jesus would come to you and say, hey, you want to follow me? You want to follow me? You, you know, there's multiple times in scriptures where Jesus calls people to follow him. And I spoke about this two weeks ago. We need to be on fire for the Lord and we need to follow Jesus. Now, if Jesus would ask you, do you want to follow me? What would your response be? Yes, I want all this good stuff, the peace, the joy, eternal salvation, and all the other good stuff. Jesus, I am in. I want to follow you. Jesus, yes, let's do it. You know what's his response? Then deny yourself. Deny self. Pick up your cross and follow. Uh, interesting. So he's saying, if you really want to follow me, you have to deny yourself. You need to deny flesh. Because flesh will not cause you to follow. So you need to come to the cross. Bring self to the cross. Bring self and come and lay it down at the foot of the cross. You see, every sin, every area that you might be struggling with, every negative, sin is missing the mark. Sin is not hitting the target. Sin is just your off target, off outside of the will of God. Every sin in our lives can be drawn back to an idol. Something that is more important to you than Jesus. Something that you bought that marketing, oh, it's going to make me so happy. Black Friday, shop, take a lot. Yes, if I get that, oh, come on. And then you get it. Yeah, I have to rebuke the take a lot spirit over the last week or two. Go away, go away. You just lost in there. You click and then you, stop it. <laughs> stop it. <laughs> But it, it, all these things promises us. Oh, if you get this, um, you're going to be fulfilled. If you get the fancy new car, oh, that's going to satisfy you. And then you get it. Yeah, oh, it's nice for a little bit. But it doesn't satisfy you. It doesn't feed your spirit. It doesn't lead to peace and joy. So you need to lay down things. If you're jealous or you're envious, there's probably an idol underneath it. Something you have to lay down. Okay, God, I'm letting go of that. I'm, I'm laying that. I have to continuously lay things down. It's probably pastors are probably people with the most problems in the world. So we have to continuously <laughs> lay things down. 
God, this is your church. I lay down the idol of a big church. God, I celebrate, you know, it's like when somebody leaves a church, goes to another church, and you go, ah, idol, let it go, let it go, let it go, lay it down. And when I lay things down, man, I'm joyful, I'm peaceful. But when you go onto Facebook and you're getting irritated with some of the posts, you're like, oh, there's something you need to lay down, an idol, something that's too important to you. So if you want to follow Jesus, there's some things you need to lay down. So you need to repent and say, God, forgive me. These things are just too important to me. I lay it down at your feet in Jesus' name. So what are those things in your life currently that makes you vulnerable to to the flesh? What things are too important to you? What things are becoming your God saying, this is going to satisfy you. This is going to fulfill you. The truth is, nothing is going to fulfill you like Jesus does. Nothing is going to fulfill you like when you're in the spirit. So stop it. How do you stop it? Get some boundaries down. I know with me, I'm I'm like, whatever I do, I do it 120%. So if I start reading a novel, I read it 10 hours straight. Until three o'clock at night, and I freak my wife out, and we have marital problems. This is now many, many years ago. Praise God. <laughs> so I don't read novels anymore. You know? And then the other thing, man, if I'm like, don't start a series <laughs> if you can't fool it, can't finish it. Count the cost before you, just one episode. Ah, uh-uh. cliffhanger, do it again, do it again, do it again, do it again. Okay, so you need to count the cost before you start. So what are the boundaries you need to get in, 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 in your life? How about this? This December, before you watch anything on TV, you say, no, I first need to read my Bible for an hour. Your feed the Spirit. That's going to be beautiful. That's a boundary. That's a beautiful boundary. That's something you can say, yeah. So I have a lot of boundaries. I know, no, 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 no. I have a mission. Lives need to be changed. People are hanging, people's lives are hanging in the balance. I need to focus. Same way, you have good works that God has set before you. Come on. But you need to discover it. You need to step into it. Don't miss it. So have a plan. A plan of healthy boundaries. That's how you stop it. Amen. Then you develop self-control. It's like with our son, Vian. He's a world changer. So we help him to develop self-control. We help him to have limits on certain things and then rather to invest in other things. Then what about fasting? Fast. Just... just Allow the flesh to die. So Sonic and I, we, we're doing a bit of a fast this, this week. Fasting sugar. Praise God. So we're fasting sugar because we want to build some self-control before the funny season. Before we go into, you know, we want to like have some self-control. So now amongst the elders, it's only Rion that's still doing a bit of sugar in his coffee. I have now also conformed to the rest of the elders in church. And then another part of stopping it, you need to have accountability. You need to tell somebody, this is my plan. So I'm going to phone a pastor friend of mine and say, hey, Heinrich, this is my plan for December. This is my plan for the next six weeks. This is my plan of how I'm going to feed my spirit and I'm going to deal with the distractions of this life. Because I am on a mission to see lives changed. Are you? Are you on a mission? Because you need to. If you want to come alive, you need to find that mission. Please don't be bored to death. Don't be bored to death. Okay, fourth one there, flip it. 
Feed your spirit. So if you're tempted, if you're like, oh, I'm always doing this, replace it with something good. You can't just say, stop it, stop it, stop it, stop it, stop it. No, you need to have something you need to go to. You can't tell a four-year-old child, stop playing with that toy. You need to say, give me that. Take that. And they're like, oh, this is beautiful. Unfortunately, we are all like that. You need to fill yourself with some good stuff. So in my case, I sometimes like to read a lot of news, and I've said, no, 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 when I want to do that, no, then I'm going to go on to my other Bible training site where I watch some videos about getting better equipped in studying the Bible. I'm going to grow. I want to grow as a person. Do you have a plan to grow? Are you on a mission to grow as a person? Replace the negatives with something positive. Limit the things that are just filling or feeding the flesh. Come on, say it, Replace. So what are the areas you want to grow in over the next six weeks? Do you have something you want to grow in? Rather read that book. Rather read something about that. Rather watch a YouTube video about that than just mindlessly going through YouTube or whatever else you tend to feed on. What's your December game plan? Come on, embrace the mission. Part of the mission is I want to grow. So James 4 verse 6, part of flipping it. This is Jesus, it says, now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied from his journey, sat thus by the well. It was about the sixth hour. So Jesus was sitting at the well. He was tired. He was hungry. The disciples went to get some food. It was hot. And then in the midst of that, Jesus reached out to the Samaritan woman. Her life was flipped around. Whole town was impacted. A whole town was impacted because Jesus knew a powerful kingdom principle. Look at this, the next verse, John 4, 31. After he's now engaged with a woman, the whole town's coming out. It says in verse 31, in the meantime, his disciples urged him saying, Rabbi, eat. But he said to them, I have food to eat of which you do not know. I have food to eat. Of which you do not know. Therefore the disciples say to one another, Has anyone brought him anything to eat? And Jesus said to them, Verse 34, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. I love that. Jesus saying, I am being fed from heaven. He was physically tired. He was physically hungry. By the end of this interaction of extending the kingdom, he was physically even nourished, spiritually strengthened. And he was like, man, I am so psyched because I am fulfilling the mission God has called me to. Someone's life has been changed. In this case, a whole town has been radically impacted. I'm feeding my spirit. I'm feeding my spirit. I love that. He's being fed from heaven. One of the quickest ways of stepping out of the flesh and into the spirit is to pursue the mission of God. So often we uh, had pastor summits in the past, and it was so boring. Hours and hours of admin and more admin and more admin. I'm dying. I am bored. I am tired. I am over it. And then somewhere, there's some, let's pray for somebody. They're like, yes. Pray for somebody. And the moment I reach out, I touch them to pray for them. It's like the kingdom comes in me and I come alive. The moment I give, the moment I impart, the moment I seek first the kingdom, I am energized. 
There's no reason why you should be deadly tired at the end of this year and just feel, I'm so spent. You're probably spent because you haven't been feeding from heaven as you've been reaching out to others. So it was awesome with Encounter 4, our Freedom Encounter. Some of the facilitators shared this with us, which is just wonderful. They said, I mean, it's a Monday night, it's a Friday night, and a Saturday. They, they lay down their lives to pray for others for all of that time. And some of the guys shared how they were asked to facilitate, and they didn't like, they wanted to reply to Yvette, no. <laughs> too busy. Too many things happening. Or too, mu- too many issues at home. I just, do you know all the issues in my life? And yet they said, yes, let's do it. And they shared on the Saturday afternoon how they just came alive. That even their own issues were like, was minor now. They just felt energized. They felt fed from heaven. They felt fulfilled in God. You see, you need to give of yourself to others. The moment you do it, God gives you, you're being fed from heaven. You need to be missional. You need to flip it. Instead of just saying, stop, stop, stop the negatives, now focus yourself on loving, imparting life to somebody else. Who's, which people are God calling you to impact this December? Which family members? At the Christmas tree. Christmas table. Do you know how many negatives can happen around there? Fights and issues and divisions and uh, quarrels. I mean, this is, this is selfish season, people, unfortunately. So how about getting focused? Say, man, I want to be so ready. I want to grab that opportunity to love somebody well in Jesus' name. And then lastly, you need to strengthen it. How do you strengthen your spirit man? How do you strengthen your spirit man? Lasting. Ephesians 2 verse 10 Get back to the first verse. It says, for we are God's masterpiece. You're God's masterpiece. You you are perfectly designed in Christ for a purpose. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. So if you want to overcome, if you want to strengthen your spirit, man, you need to activate your faith. You need to realize that you are now, the moment you turn to Jesus... You are now in Christ. Come on, say it, in Christ. You are in Christ and Christ is now in you. In other words, you don't need to fight the ogre on your own. You don't need to try and fight the flesh in your own ability. Jesus lives on the inside of you. And Jesus is going to fight for you, with you. You are in Christ. And so you can declare the following. You can say, the old me is dead. Come on, say it, the old me is dead. You didn't believe it. You, you, you were crucified with Jesus. The old you is dead. So when that flesh starts to rise up, he's like, no, you are dead. Get back into the grave. Go away. Stop it. In the grave. So you need to start there. You need to believe I'm a saint and I'm called to overcome the flesh. I'm called to walk in holiness. Come on, say it. I am called to walk in holiness. Come on, say it. I am a saint. I will dominate the flesh. The flesh will not dominate me. Amen. Come on, you need to believe it. You need to activate your faith. Because when you activate your faith, then grace is poured out. Empowerment comes your way. You need to believe I'm God's masterpiece. And I am made for a mission. I am made for a mission. 
Praise God. Last verse, John 4, 35. Do you not say, there are still four months, and then comes the harvest? Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes, look at the fields, for they are already white for harvest. So on the one hand, lift your eyes, see the enemy armies, and wake up. Get focused. Get focused. There's a mission. There's something to fight for. There are people to fight for. Your kids, your spouse, people you love, people that Jesus is going to bring across your path. Focus. Feed the spirit. There's a battle coming this time tomorrow. Are you ready? Are you ready when the flesh comes and knocks on your door? Are you ready to overcome it? And then this beautiful verse that says, the harvest fields are right. People, there are people ready. They are begging to come to Jesus. They just don't know it yet. I remember uh, at, in Stellenbosch at university, there were these two young men who were two of the wildest party animals on campus. They were like known how wild they were. And yet then they came to Jesus. They committed their lives to Christ and they were the same. They were wild for Jesus now. But they were, spoke to us and they were like, why didn't you tell us that Jesus is this awesome? Why didn't you tell us? Why didn't you, why didn't you tell us earlier? We wasted these years. You should have told us. And I, I love that because people want Jesus. They just don't know it yet. And you need to activate your faith. You need to believe it. Come on. There's nothing like Jesus. They just don't know who he really is. He is amazing. So lift up your eyes. Lift up your eyes and see. The harvest fields already. There's a mission for you and me to fulfill. Amen. You are God's masterpiece. You made for a mission. Amen. Please stand with me. So I want to encourage you today. Write down a game plan. How am I going to grow? Over the next six, seven, eight weeks. What, what, what am I going to read? What am I going to feed my soul with? What boundaries are, am I going to put in place? And then share that with somebody. Say, okay, this is my game plan. This is what I'm going to do. If you don't tell somebody, it's not going to work. You need to be accountable to somebody. And invest the season well and be ready. So you can put on the five, the five points as a reminder. Just put the five overview there. So be missional. Check it. Are you feeding your flesh? Stop it. Put in boundaries. Have accountability. Then flip it. Instead of just saying no, 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 get something that you want to do. Get something where you want to invest. Get exercising. Do something good that makes you feel better. And then strengthen it. Believe that Christ is in you. You are called to dominate the flesh, not to be dominated by the flesh. So I want to pray for us, and then I'm going to put on a, a lyric video that, that, that speaks about coming back to my first love. It speaks about, it's called Returning by Jeremy Riddle. It speaks about remembering, remembering the, the moment in your life, the time in your life where you're on fire for Jesus, where you're passionate about Jesus. And then I want to encourage us 
this morning, come and lay down the lies of the enemy. Come and lay down the idols, the things that are too important to you. Lay it down. Come to the cross. If you want to follow Jesus, deny yourself. If you want to follow Jesus, then let that part of your heart be crucified. There is no good thing outside of the will of God. Let me pray. Father, thank you, Lord, that you've called us to overcome. Thank you, Father God, that you've called each one here to rediscover their innocence in you. Just blameless, washed clean, no longer struggling on the inside, no longer wrestling the flesh because they're walking in the Spirit. They're missional. They're focused. They're growing. They have a life to invest for the glory of Christ. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray for an awakening. And we pray, God, for repentance, a turning, a laying down of the flesh, a laying down of those idols, a laying down of the false things that are, that's telling us, well, that's, this is going to satisfy you. This is going to fool you. Lord, we declare the truth. There is no high like the most high. And so, God, we pray for an awakening in every heart right now to discover the mission, to discover the mission that we are called to. In Jesus' mighty name, in Jesus' mighty name, hallelujah. So I want to encourage you just to surrender those areas of your heart to the Lord. Come and surrender. Just do do business with Jesus. Lay those things down. Amen. Thank you for listening. Find more on Shofar East London's podcast channel. Let's do life together.